a greeting of the day to everyone. Uh, I guess we had some big news today. Today I'm recording this as the uh, producer letter was released for DDO. It was uh, largely panned by the audience, and when it wasn't panned, it was ridiculed. And I think uh, some criticism was necessary, but as things go, people are pretty passionate and express themselves freely, which is their right, and I support that. There was a lot of passionate pleading and some giving up by some forum posters. I uh, I poked my head in a couple of threads, and I did um, I did sort of what my own version of the of the producer's letter would have been, or what I would have liked to have seen. I'll pull that up now for you. I'm not sure if I'll read it. I'll decide that when I see it. I don't want to make anybody snooze. A lot of people have already probably seen this. So I'm not going to read what I posted, but the thread, if you're wondering, is what I was expecting from the producer's letter. And I just kind of took, basically, if I added half after they announced the mini expansion, I kind of just threw out there what the podcast is about and what, what, what I've been talking about with you guys. Just more options, right? More options to play the game we love to play. So I thought they were pretty good. I do did another post earlier in the week, and I wasn't able to record Thursday or Friday enough to get a podcast. But the other post that I made was, um, do we need a new difficulty is a question I asked, I think, on Thursday. And I, I, I'm I, kind of, I think for my, my knee jerk is yes, but also no. The reason for that is it's probably incredibly involved to do something like that. And I don't want them wasting time on something like Reaver Mode or a new version of Reaper Mode, or an extension of Reaper Mode, because Reaper Mode is not DDO. Reaper Mode is an add-on to DDO for people who like to feel like they're gaining power. The developers have done as much as they feel like they can to limit Reaper Mode's impact on the game. Reaper Mode, Reaper Points, that sort of thing, right? So I, I wouldn't want them to spend time on something that's so still so divisive, even though it's largely hailed as a success by the developers. If you go on the forums and talk to the players, and even in-game, if you talk to the players, they're largely split. Most people I talk to dislike Reaper Mode for one reason or another. I think if we can just go back and circle back and connect this with our other conversation earlier in the week about player connectivity and how that's a big thing. I think there should be a a mode or something that we can connect in better, right? So my thought process was, let's start with something very simple and remove the hard cap from XP. So you're no longer capped at uh, XP and heroic levels. If you want to play to level 20, and be level 5 when you take level 20, then so be it. If you want to be level 7, I mean, if you can make it work, right? 
make it work. But the goal there is to keep people together longer. So if I was a veteran player on the TR train and I met somebody who was a returning player that was pretty good, needed some help and was fun to play with, like playing with that person made the quests feel fun because they're brand new to them. And he was going to be on tomorrow or he can't be on tomorrow, but he'll probably be on on the weekend. Well, I can continue playing as much as I want as long as I stay in my quest level range that's available to me. And when he comes back on on the weekend, I might be ready to level up to level 16, but I'm still showing level 5 and I can still play with him or her. But I, that's, I, to me, that was like a, a really easy fix that they could implement. Like a, that's a click of a button kind of a fix. You know, that's not very detailed and it's something that they can try for a year. Or let's face it, if they try it for six months, people are going to like that feature. People are going to like being able to, hey, I'm level three. I've done all my level two Reapers or however you're running your XP train. And you can still play with your friend who's going to get on in a couple hours. You just found out and he's got a, you know, he's got a level two guy. So you're going to stay level three. And so these are, these are, I think, scenarios that are real and, um, would benefit the game in that player connectivity way. There's not much to talk about as far as the producer's letter, going back to our original topic. There just isn't much there at all. And it is sad. It's, it is disappointing. I think that a lot of us, especially over the last couple of weeks, have spent a lot of time on the forums sharing ideas, coming up with things, you know, writing full enhancement trees or full racial feature classes and that should show the development team that at least we're interested in having a say in what happens next. Uh, okay, so that being said, I'm on the forums now. And there is one post that I'll, I'll point to here. I know I said I was going to talk about Cobalt's and... Um, if there's time, I promise we'll get to that. But the, as far as the new difficulty mode, I, I meant to stay on that train of thought and I got a little bit of rambling. There was a new post on here. Um, the same guy that came up with the half dragon tree. I don't, that might turn people off. It might not, but he also came up with the one tea tree, um, posted a new difficulty mode. It's a called core and I've read through it already. Um, so I think player connectivity, think, let's think that avenue. And I'll just read this for you guys so you have an understanding of what we're going to talk about. Uh, the new difficulty is called Core. Core difficulty's purpose is it's a new take on progression and danger. Core difficulty uses the original rules that DD was released with, as well as the following. No MMR PRR. Dodge is a miscellaneous bonus to AC. As a reminder, stat items are reverted to their original level thresholds. A plus four stat item is minimum level eight. I don't think that, I don't think he means he's going to change your gear or anything or change anybody's items. Just that that's what the, that's, that's what you can expect as far as stat gains inside the core difficulty. A key feature is the ability to add previous hardcore season challenges to quests. 
that could be really fun. I, I've talked to a lot of players about our previous seasons and how they'd like to add that, and everybody's on board with adding that, adding something like that to the game. And this is actually a pretty neat idea to introduce some of these uh, mechanics back into the game. Okay. Resurrection shrines are reduced to one use per rest. And if two or more exist in a quest, whichever is used first locks out the others. So reduced effectiveness of your resurrection shrines. Rest shrines are reduced to half of their normal effectiveness. No additional rules. <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's interesting. No bound items, no bound to account items, no Kenneth crafted items are allowed. I think I read through this first, and I think that that's, that's also a key element here is that's really one of the most necessary things is there's a lot of stat float with the items and the Kenneth crafting system. And instead of going on the forums, there's some talk of level squishes and stuff. That's extremely, that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is, is, is the, is this particular way where you don't get rid of those items, you don't get rid of that play style, but you introduce a mode where players can feel like it's hardcore, right? Which is, I think, the intent of this. It's called core. It's not hardcore. It's core, right? It's not permadeath. But you're only going to use what you can pick up, essentially, in the quest or while you're questing. And you're not going to be allowed to, you know, go to your bank and pull out your SOS at level 10. So I think that's... Um, that's a good thing, right? Each character is allowed up to five healing potions. No other potions are allowed. I also think this is uh, good because this is promoting group play, which I think core difficulty. This guy, I'm sure it's probably what he had in mind is you know, to play this with your friends. You don't play this. You're not supposed to play this with hirelings. It's not designed that way. So... Not that you couldn't, and you couldn't enjoy it. You, you may, but I think the point is to bring players together into more of a Dungeon and Dragons party where you're working together to accomplish the, the quest. So, each hardcore season challenge now has its own favor faction. Pretty self-explanatory. Each favor level grants the player an augment of their choice that is restricted to the core rules minimum level. I understand that to be that, oh, well, let's just more on here anyways. Additionally, the augment, once slotted, is always leveled against the level of the quest played. The player has full control over stat choice or effect of the augment. They may be freely removed and re-slotted without penalty once core items with slots are purchased from the core vendor. I think this is good, and let's talk a little bit about this. So it looks like when you up your favor, I'm assuming you'll be able to go to whatever this core vendor is, right? And you'll be able to pick a yellow slot, a, a, a colorless augment, and you'll be able to make that augment, you know, you know, charisma, dexterity, whichever one you pick, that's, that's it. That's the one you got. And you can now forever take that charisma augment out and back into anything that has the you know, any slot really that's not a red slot, right? So I think red slots too. So now that you have that colorless augment slot, it goes anywhere. Now the rub is it's leveled against the quest, which is good, right? So if you were a level six player playing in a level eight quest 
it would actually give you plus four. So if you had a plus four, I'll say you had a strength buff, it was really plus two. But now that you're playing a level eight quest, now that bonus is plus four. So it's kind of helping you out there a little bit. I think that's to help newer players. There's nothing in here about past lives, but we'll talk about that. Casters are more specialized. When selecting an augment that would affect spell DC, they may choose a universal DC or a specific school, but they may not have both. If both are equipped, the highest value is applied. So I think this is just, I think it says what it means, but I'm going to say it my own way because that's how I process this thought. I think this is, you know, you could have that effect on your, one of your pieces of equipment and, and you know, end game players will have this tweaked out. But the goal here is that you don't over tune it too much with the augment slots. So you would be able to say, okay, well, this, this slot that I pick, I'm picking a universal DC augment. That's what I want on my augment. So you have that and that levels up plus one, plus two against the level of a quest. You can make that a specific school evocation. And that, that I, I believe what he's trying to say is that might make the bonus higher, right? So I'm, I'm using fake numbers. So at level six, if the universal spell DC is plus one or plus two, then the, the specific school would probably be plus two or plus three. And I think what he's trying to avoid is, is trying to stack all your, all your DCs too high. Not that you can stack evocation with universal, but if, if you know what I mean, just try to restrict the power just a little bit. I think that's beneficial and I think that that would be helpful and I think it would make casters more fun to play, not less fun to play. This rule also stands for spell power and spell lore. Only one spell power or lore stat item may be enhanced, universal or other specified, only the highest value applies. This again, same rule for spell power. So you could take universal spell power you know, it's plus, you know, 103 to everything, or you can have 133 or 143 firepower, whatever, whatever the appropriate, you know, exchange is between those. Mnemonic potions are not allowed. If it, this is, this is a part I really like, because in addition to these difficulties, these hardcore challenges that you can add, this is another stable rule. If a character in the party is killed, the enemy is emboldened and a champion is summoned along with a number of his minions. The number is determined by the number of living party members. So if you're in a big fight, boss battle fight, mid boss battle fight, someone bites it for whatever reason, five champions and their minions spawn. That's going to be intense. That battle just went from oh boy to oh boy. I think that would be, that would be fun. People are asking for difficulty. And some of these things, I think that's a great way to add difficulty because it, I think it is. That could be looked at. This guy is asking for more. Um, okay, let's continue here. I, this is relevant. So players may earn special core items by, by earning favor. These items are slotted and re-slotted at no cost. These items persist through reincarnation and do not count as bind account. Bound to character or bound to account for the purpose of the core rules, and they may be purchased from the core vendor armors, weapons, accessories. 
This mode is available from quest 1 to 14. We will move forward with quests up to level 24 after a six-month period of feedback from the live servers. So I think that's him trying to give the effect of what he would like, obviously, Standing Stone Games to do. Um, I think that that's an interesting thought process. I like the idea of those champions spawning on someone dying, but I wonder if there's even a better way to do it. I couldn't, I can't think of one now, but give me some time. If anybody else thinks of one, I'd love to hear it. I think that's the kind of random difficulty spike that people are asking for. He doesn't touch on racial past lives, past lives and tomes. And I like that because I think those things that players earned, they earned to be overpowered, right? They did that so they game would be easier for their character. So to try to take that away or attempt to take that away, which is very difficult, I think, to try to balance the fun of that, the fun of that new mode against that. But I think that's that's part of the rub that these other veteran players are going to have to deal with. Either they play their twinked out, you know, max life, max racial life tune or not. And it, it, it will it matter? I guess it matters if they're having fun because it sounds like it's more about like, that mode sounds like more about having fun than Reaper mode. I think there's nothing to do about traps, which needs to be addressed. There's nothing to do about some type of randomness to the dungeon. But again, remember the Hound hardcore season? You throw those in there on top of those champions and all that stuff. If you screw up the Hound and the Hound kills somebody and then you get five champions on you with his minions... And then there's no shrines left and you're into the boss fight. That's pretty intense. And you may want a guy or two that has some past lives. So that's where I see this being valuable. You know, I see that being fun and valuable. So my thoughts on the producer letter are just that. Probably should be looking at something like this. And I know they're interested in mini X-Packs and more. I didn't watch the DDO stream today, the Fridays at 4. I caught about five seconds of it, and all I saw in the chat was hirelings, hirelings, hirelings. People want hirelings to level and to gear out, and much like the companion system from Star Wars The Old Republic, someone had commented in the DDO stream, the portion that I watched. I think that tells me that those people are either returning players or... Those players are new players because they don't know how much fun it is to play with other people. And so they're trying to make the game fun from their perspective. And from their perspective, they don't want to feel alone. Right? That's the whole point of having a hireling that you can customize. He's your buddy. She is your companion through these quests. And they've gone on the journey with you. So that this is the mindset that I see when someone asks about hirelings and companions. That's a good thing because that means you have new players. But what are you going to do? How are you going to build on that player base? How do you invest in the game? I think really you should listen to some of these players who have played your game extensively and probably know a thing or two about what makes it fun. I definitely think it was interesting that he said it was only available to level 1 to 14. I wonder if they did something like that from level 1 to 10 just as a 
just to try and see how it would go, I bet it would go over pretty well. I bet it would go if you made it part of an event and not like hardcore, but like hardcore in the fact that, hey, this is something we're trying and, you know, maybe add a couple of special like, hey, first timer cosmetics, right? Like some really cool a cloak or a, or a really cool long coat or something, right? Maybe a new pet, maybe a new pet that can change color. Like maybe you can summon a cat and uh, like a, like a panther cat and the, but the panther can be white or red or green or black and you could select it when you summon it. So like it's whatever color you want, you know, much like the panther that came out with the forgotten realms thing, but now you've got a panther that's, a hireling that you can select what color you'd like indigo you know you name the color it can be it um, and it stays that color permanently is my thought process on that so these are my thoughts on what has transpired today a lot of um discord <laughs> in the ddo community a lot of discord a lot of a lot of grief from these older players now how much they mean. I think some of these guys have canceled their subscriptions. Absolutely. And I think uh, some of them have the right to be upset because remember guys, I'm returning from a many year absence. So for me, I still can enjoy the fact that I don't know what the, some of the quests hold. I don't know all of them so well, like the back of my hand, but these guys that do and that stayed with the game, that supported the game, you, know, you need to give them something back. And I think We've had really good suggestions on this show, and I've seen really good suggestions in the forums, and uh, I don't see why why or why they're not acting on that or why they're not bringing people in to, um, to help with that. Uh, so my first forum post, if you care to read it, the original one was what I was expecting from the producer's letter, and then I read somebody else's post here. It was... Um, the new difficulty core. So those are the two that I touched on today. Um, so I was so uh, hopped up to go over the uh, that core difficulty. I was glad he posted it. But the other thing is I'm so, after thinking about how the other players are upset, I can feel how upset they are. It's an invading my heart right now. So I'm trying to who's from, uh, so to speak. All right, let's go over the race, Cobalt. Why not, right? I've read this uh, multiple times. <laughs> uh, so the Cobalt race, plus two to Dex or plus two to Ka, I say give it to them both. And then minus two to Ka, minus two to Strength. Constitution. Minus two to Constitution and Strength. Plus one size bonus to Armor Class, Attack Rolls, Hide Checks. Plus two Racial bonus for Search, Open Lock, Disable Device. Plus 10% faster interaction with objects and search. Bonus trap parts. Carrying capacity is three quarters. Uh, that of a medium character. Minus four intimidate penalty for their size. And so that's their like base. What you get when you when I want to be a cobalt. And then here's their enhancement trait. Each core gives plus one to the DCs of your traps. And then core two, you gain the trap making feet, I think. Those clearly need to be swapped. That was probably a bait and switch right there. And intended because of the classes. A little bit thief-based. Anyways, tier one. Draconian Exemplar. Passive. 
three ranks, gaining the red, green. Okay, so that's a an elemental selector. Um, and you gain plus two spell power for that element and damage resistance to that element. Trap focus, three ranks, search, open lock, disable device skills, plus one to saving throws versus uh, traps. Ambusher, this is three ranks as well, plus one hide move silently, 5% uh, movement speed while in stealth, and 1d6 sneak attack. Now, that isn't the most OP. Tier one, 3d6 sneak attack in a racial enhancement tree, plus 15% uh, movement speed while sneaking in stealth. I think that's, um, well, let's be honest. The hide move silently in the sneaking business is not right in the game yet. If that core difficulty came out, that you could potentially tweak that system and ha have that be very valuable. You have a scout in the party. The uh, 3D6 sneak attack is pretty, pretty powerful. Improved uh, improvised strike uh, melee melee attack deals W damage inflicts a random ailment from the list. Trip sunder hamstring destruction. DC is based on 10 plus half the character level decks or in a modifier, whichever is higher, and your trap DC. Interesting. I like that. The trap DCs. That's a very interesting. Uh, that's a good way to incorporate theme. I like that. I've already read this, but it was very thematic. But it was a, a week ago or so. Tier 2, Draconic, Draconian Paragon. Requires Draconian Exemplar from Tier 1. It's a breath attack of the element of choice. Trapper, possibly gain trap finding and disable device, open lock cla as class skills. Okay, that that is really neat. I, I like that, actually, quite a bit. Draconian Glide, gain Featherfall as a toggle, bonus to jump. Uh, improved Improvised Strike, now inflicts two random elements, improved damage, and add blinding confusion to the list. Draconian Master. Now we're moving on to Tier 3. Draconian Master. Requires Draconian Paragon, which is in Tier 2. Gain the Sorcerer Element Enhancement for the appropriate with option chosen. After. Okay, so I think what this is saying is you bypass um, a creature's resistance to the element that you've chosen on your breath attack. Trap spotter, gain the ability to automatically spot traps and hidden doors. Greater improvised strike. This thing is a theme going through here. Now makes enemies able to be affected by sneak attack bonuses and lowers fort and adds a small a cone effect to the, uh, to the damage, okay? So maybe it turns it into a cleave, let's say that. Draconian blood, three levels. Three ranks, excuse me, uh, plus 10 spell points. Uh, tier 5, he's got a Tier 5 racials. I think they only go up to Tier 4, and they only go up to Core 4. So we'll put Tier 4. If you can guess what it is, it's Evasion. So what do I think of this? Well, who cares what I think of it, right? It's so OP. Who gives a shit? It's a wicked, overpowered, small reptile. <laughs> well, I think we should call it Komodo, though, not Kobold. This is pretty pretty powerful. 3d6 sneak attack, tier one. Tier two, you get a breath weapon. 
<laughs> I mean, can you imagine running like seven racial past life points? You'd be rocking and rolling with this thing. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Some great ideas here with the adding the ability to trap through the racial tree. That's an interesting and very role play type decision. Here is the struggle I have. Cobalt, while like related to dragons in 3.5, they're not really dragons. <laughs> they're very small, small creatures, right? And they're, it's like this. Think of a cobalt like this. Dungeons and Dragons is a mirror of the real world. So allow me that, that fundamental basis to, to make this allegory or to make this comparison comparison you know like the cultures on the islands and in the hills that they just have been that way for thousands of years and they live that way like they there's a i think there's a tribe that eats people and you can't even go to the island it's forbidden but people try and they they die like by spear they get killed by a spear so in today's world a cobalt would be something like that. A guy with a spear against a guy in a helicopter with some type of automatic weapon at his disposal. That's kind of where we're at with cobalt, which is, I just find that really, you know, I find that just really, it'd be advantageous in a certain environment that you had to navigate a bunch of bloodthirsty cobalts that were going to eat you and they happened to be stronger than you and there were so many that would overpower you, you'd want to be a cobalt. Other than that, I'll stay in my helicopter and I'll fix the issue that way. <laughs> so that's my only issue is the role play side of this. I don't see how it fits. I do, it fits in the world. It's from Forgotten Realms. I'm not denying any of those things, but I, I, I've yet to see any cobalt anywhere. Um, I mean, there. Are, that's, let me rephrase that. I've yet to see the cobalt race as a whole move beyond the island and cannibalism, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and because of that, I would, uh, if they want to add it into the game and they want to add what you have put down into the game, I'll play cobalt. <laughs> And I would probably enjoy that racial past life. I would. I can tell you I would. Because now I don't have to multi-class in the rogue. Now I have like, um, I have a melee attack in case shit hits the fan and things get too close to me. I have a breath attack for, for like right away, right at low level so I can clear out waterworks. And um, everything improves on itself. And then I get evasion. <laughs> so yeah, I guess my alchemist cobalt is going to be ridiculous, right? Because that's, I can see this being so perfect for something like that um, but i do i really do like it and i mean that i like it and i think it makes a great alchemist just the, like yeah you know, i read it a week ago and that's what popped into my head a cobalt alchemist i can see role playing that role playing that up you know he's always misunderstood he's handing out potions somebody drinks the wrong one who knows what happens right it's all fun and games until someone quaffs an acid potion <laughs> anyways i um I did promise to go over that, and I wanted to. Let me know what you guys think. Keep posting on the forums, and um, tell me what you like, what you don't like. Please, please tell me how the audio is. I'm 
messing with things, messing with effects, and I'm trying to get it to sound better. I like doing this and I'd like to continue to do it. I'd like to do it with your help. And by that, I mean just the sound audio quality. Thanks for listening, guys.